Have you ever tried to navigate a house in the dark? It can be incredibly challenging. You have to avoid all of the natural obstacles. You have to avoid the couch, the running shoes strewn across the floor. If it's our house, the music stands, the instruments, my messenger bag, and the books on the floor. It can be hazardous. You have to remember where the stairs start and stop and where they jut out and where you moved the coffee table last night. It can be dangerous. It's hard to navigate when there isn't any light present. Hard to deal with all of the changing circumstances. Even if things haven't been moved, it can be difficult. See, there's a reason why often bad things happen in the darkness. Why they happen easier. And there's a reason why children are often afraid of the dark and why darkness is used as a metaphor for sin and brokenness, for fear and anxiety and for the unknown. You're walking into a place where you don't know what's coming. Sometimes navigating culture can feel like you're walking in the darkness Like you don't know where you're trying to go and you don't know where the path leads. See, things change so rapidly, so quickly in our day and age that sometimes it's hard to prepare. You can't be prepared for everything that comes your way. Now, let me be clear, this message isn't about bashing culture or justifying our fears, but I'm speaking of the reality that things are changing faster than ever. It's hard to navigate all of that. There's pitfalls and opportunities before us. We have to deal with political correctness, with unforeseen temptations and unforeseen opportunities that maybe we don't know or recognize how to grasp right away. We have to worry about the pressures to conform. And it's easy to be tripped up when you feel like you're walking in the darkness when you don't have that solid ground. As a person in today's society, you have to have stability. You have to have a firm foundation, but also be adaptable. As a Christian, that means we have to know who we are in Christ, who God has created us to be. And then when we have that solid truth, that foundation in place, it's much easier to navigate all of the things changing around us because we're anchored in Christ. Now, sometimes if you look out at culture, it can seem like things are getting darker. When you look at the content, the language, the subject matter of TV, of movies, of music, it's moving further and further away from Christian values in a lot of ways. If you think about politics, the ideals of of ethics and morality seem to be moving further and further away from most of our politicians. The idea of caring for the needy, for the orphaned, for the widowed, for the marginalized, is ignored if I'll be inconvenienced, if it costs me anything. If you've been alive for 30 years, 50 years, you can see the dramatic way culture has shifted. This isn't just rhetoric. You can see how things are very different from what they used to be. But the reality is that 
Culture is not going to go back to what it once was. But that doesn't mean that as Christians we're supposed to hide behind the wall, build up a safe place and have a fort that we hide behind and just protect ourselves and try and stay safe and secure. God didn't call us into his family through baptism to hide us from the world. God didn't claim us so that we could be apart from culture and society, so that we could be in our own little world and ignore everyone else. God claimed us for the world. But back to the opening image. If a house gets dark at night, it's no use blaming the house. That's simply what happens when the sun goes down. The house will get darker. The question we need to ask is, where is the light? Where is the light? Why hasn't someone turned on a light in this house? That's how you navigate. That's how you break the darkness. That's how you have that clarity for your path and avoid the obstacles. You have to have that light in the darkness. In the same way, when culture become, if culture is becoming more corrupt and dark, it's no use blaming society or blaming culture. That's what human fallen nature does, left unchecked and unchallenged. It turns further and further away from God. It leaves behind the values of God, of compassion, of mercy, of justice, of love. If society is getting darker, the question we need to ask is, where are the Christians? Where are the saints out in society living as saints in their vocations? Where are God's different countercultural people out in the marketplace? Those who see that our part in God's mission is to go out and reveal his light into the world, to shine that grace and that truth, to be a people of justice, of mercy, of compassion that shines God's light into the darkness. Now, don't hear me wrong. I, I'm not saying that we need to have more Christian politicians, although I am thankful for politicians who are Christian and that's where they find their calling. And if they actually seek to live out the Christian values, the Christian ethic from their office, I'm thankful for those kinds of people. But what I'm asking is, where are the Christian doctors? Where are the Christian factory workers? Where are the Christians cutting hair, driving cabs, helping pack groceries? Where are the Christian teachers and coaches? Those who see their lives as fulfilling their vocation and pointing back to Christ wherever they are in the world. Where are those kinds of Christians who sees that being a Christian isn't just about being here for an hour on Sunday or on Saturday night, being here for a Bible study on a Wednesday, but it's about living out your faith in the world and realizing that when you do that, it may cost you the promotion. It may mean that you make less money because instead of taking the easy way, you do the right thing. It may mean that the world hates you. Why? Because the darkness hates the light. And if you're shining God's light out into the world, you're going to ruffle feathers. You're going to upset some people. You see, we're sent to reflect God's grace, God's love and justice as light in the world. As Paul writes from Philippians, from prison in Philippians in today's epistle lesson, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And so do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. See, we need to see our lives following God as being part of God's mission to draw others into his kingdom. When we live differently in our societies, we will shine light into the darkness. We will offend others and we'll, we'll expose their unethical behaviors by our values, by our integrity, by our compassion, and by our mercy. See, we'll shine light in the darkness. We'll expose that wicked and corrupt generation, and we will challenge the decay and darkness around us. See, we as God's people are missionaries in our own communities. We gather together on the weekends to be reconnected, to be strengthened by the true light of the world in word, in sacrament, as we receive Christ's forgiveness and hear that story again. We come here to be reconnected to the true light of the world, but then we're sent back out to shine God's light into the darkness, to challenge and break the darkness. We're sent out to shine God's light in the world. And the way we're able to do this is because we live according to a different story than the rest of the world. See, we believe that Jesus is the light no darkness can overcome. That by his life, death, and resurrection, he has overcome sin, death, and Satan for you and me. And that now history is advancing towards a powerful end, a judgment day when Christ will come and set all things right, when everything will be made new, and he will gather those who cling to his name into his eternal kingdom. See, as God's people, as we gather and we're connected to this true light, we begin to shine Christ's light more and more into the world because we'll start to do the right kinds of things. We'll start to live according to the Christian ethic. As Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, or Matthew chapter 5, I believe, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, the quality of our ethical light, of our good words and deeds before the world should be so great that they will shine God's light into the world and they will glorify his name, be attracted to worship of the one true God. That's what we're to be as a church. See, we go out, we can go out and live a life radically different from the world around us because we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of putting our faith in a crucified criminal. Because that gives us hope. See, we're not ashamed because as it says in today's epistle lesson, Jesus was not above being shamed and scorned, mocked and broken, spit upon, killed and dying in criminal's death on a cross for you and me. He wasn't above that. See, it's Jesus' life and love that breaks the darkness. And as we grow and are connected more and more to him, our lives will reflect his life out in the world. And that will shine light into the darkness. See, we're, as God's people, we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that's not about doing more works, 
But what that means is that we, as we come to understand the gospel truth in a deeper and deeper way of what Christ has truly done for us, we will start to live lives that reflect his light out into the world. And that will transform the world around us. But rest assured, until Christ comes again, the world will not be fully transformed. Everything won't be made perfectly right. But if you're worried about what's going on around you, then start to live out the kind of life Jesus calls you to as his disciple. If you're concerned about our society, about our nation, about our world, then do something about it. Get up. Shine Jesus' light out into the world. Change the world by being a disciple of Christ in your vocations, wherever we go, wherever you're found. See, as God's people, we can do this because we're connected to Christ. And as we do this, we have hope because we know that ultimately Christ will restore and remake all things. And when you do this, the world will hate you at least in some ways, because the darkness always hates the light because it exposes its corruption, its darkness, and its decay. But you will be pointing back toward the greater things, toward the light that no darkness can overcome, who will ultimately free us from sin and corruption, darkness and death. In Jesus' name, amen.